and welcome to the Inside Out Group Podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. As you guys know, uh, we've been promoting the Mac Brock event here at City Church, and last Friday, we actually had it. Um, It was a crazy week leading up to it. That's why there was no episode. Michael and everyone else was just running around, making sure that that event was the best it could be. So what we want to give you this week is we want to give you uh, the recording that we have from the worship leader Q&A session that took place with Mac Brock, our own Jess Guzman, and the local worship leaders around the capital region. So I hope you all enjoy. Welcome to Greater Things Night of Worship. We're so glad you guys are here. I feel weird on this chair because my feet don't touch the ground. So if I just do this, no. I have nothing better to do. I can't reach well. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jessica Guzman. So if, uh, if we only met via email, this is the face you were emailing with. It is nice to see you. So glad all of you could come. And uh, we just have great expectation for what the Lord wants to do tonight and in this area. And not just tonight, but it's a continual thing. Have you guys been able to just sense that God is moving? He is collecting and unifying his body. He is, he's doing something that's awesome. And, the, and Albany is one of the least churched areas in um, really all of the United States. So it's, it's about time, right? There's this expectancy that's been building up. And um, we just want to see God break through in a new way because he, he's constant and his character and nature, who he is, is just never changes. But we get to see him like surprise us with really cool things. And who wants that? Yeah? Yeah. yeah awesome. We are so honored tonight to have Mac here. He's a pretty cool guy. And I feel like I've been talking his ear off all night. So... I really hope you guys have come with questions because I could just talk like this at you for an hour and then you'd never want to see my face again, quite honestly. (laughs) Right, team? Yeah. Don't agree with that. That's not true. (laughs) Thank you. So um, I just thought first, let's let's just pray for this time and uh, again, pray for this night and then I'm going to ask, I'll do the opening question, and then we can just start taking turns. How's that? So, Father, we just invite you to come. We, we, we uh, first of all, say that you are just awesome. There is no one like you. You are above all things. And I love that your word says your nearness is our good. So we ask even now that you'd even be closer, God, that you'd come closer and you'd take us deeper and higher and longer and wider, even in this, in this time together. And as we go and we just press in and pursue you tonight, Lord, that you would be ever near, ever clear, and always your faithful. We love you and we honor you and we say, um, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. 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 So... I would just like to open by asking Mac if he would just tell us a little bit about him. I feel like I'm at a game show, by the way. But if he, <laughs> if he would just tell us a little bit about himself, um, uh, just just whatever you feel like you want to yes. share with that. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? I'm Mac. Uh, I am from Charlotte, North Carolina. Live there with my wife, Meredith. And I have two awesome kids, Harvey and Cyrus. Um, yeah, I've been leading worship. Uh, for a long time now. I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor, uh, led it like youth group and stuff. And then I was on staff at Elevation Church with Elevation Worship for 10 years, like the first 10 years of that. And about a year and a half ago, felt like the Lord 
was push, pushing and asking me and my wife to kind of step off staff and step into a new season. And so kind of been walking in that now. It's been really good. Yeah. So that's my bio, I guess. <laughs> okay. So tell us something that's not on your bio, like favorite ice cream or something weird. Just That's not even weird. This is a weird thing about okay. me. This is my always go-to weird thing. I don't know what it is, but when I'm home or anytime I can, uh, I only really like to drink out of red Solo cups. Like any drink out of my house, like I never use our nice glasses or anything like that. It looks like we're like a party house, but it's not because we party. It's just I like Solo cups, so... Sorry, I laughed right at that. Yeah. My husband, if he gets a fast food cup, I have to like sneak it to throw it away from him because he will just you keep it forever till it disintegrates. Yeah, yeah, yes. I like those cups. I like yes. those cups. What? Who said that? What? <laughs> All right. Do we have any questions? Anybody? Bueller? Yeah. Where's the runner? We have a runner. Raise your hand high so that John can see you. Oh, okay. That way everybody can hear. It's a small room. Hello. But. Um, hi, Matt. Hey. I was just wondering, what is your songwriting process, um, yeah. you know, before you start producing? Yeah, so that's always an awkward question for me just because it looks so different for every single song. Um, that's, like, the one thing that I haven't figured out, like, the science <laughs> for songwriting. Like, this is the equation. Um, so it's different. The, the best... Uh, cohesiveness of it all is that I like to collaborate. And so um, pretty much every song I've ever written in the last like 10, 12 years has been with other people, other worship leaders, other songwriters, just because I don't like working by myself. Uh, and I don't, and I just feel like it's stronger when you have more people to bounce an idea off of. Uh, but there's a couple of just like tangible things that I do. Um, one is, is sometimes a song will start from just like playing through a progression for like a ad nauseum, where you're living in it for a long time, and you kind of just get in this state of worship, and you get in this state of like, what do I want to sing to God right now in this moment, and, and just kind of maybe an idea will come out of that. Uh, sometimes it comes from like reading something or like a devotional or something that I'm going through that's like got a theme that I like really become passionate about, and that's always good. Like, Finding a theme for a song is probably like the best advice I could give any songwriter um, is because when you have a like a theme, you can funnel every line, every lyric down to that theme. And so instead of being in a writing room and, and worship's like tough because uh, it's just easy to find kind of like these phrases or these words that are like praise songish or worshipy, but they might not even fit the theme of the song. And so having that, like, idea, having that theme just kind of drives in this stake of, like, everything can be funneled through that. And it's just kind of a helpful guide, you know, so that we're not, like, sitting in a room staring blankly at, like, our computer screen or a, you know, a dry erase board or something, not knowing, like, what we should talk about. So it at least gives you some sort of, like, launching pad. So those are some of the things that I, you know, always do with songwriting. Yeah. Can I follow up with that? When you know you're going to write with somebody, do you guys actually then come up with the theme together, or do you guys, like, pass out a script? You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes, you know, like, next week, I've got, like, a full week of just, like, writing with, like, a bunch of different people. Every day will be, like, new people. And 
you know, a lot of times, just realistically, a lot of times I'll go into those without anything. And it's just like, we start with a conversation or we start with even like a prayer. And there's been so many times that we sit in a room and kind of like catch up and say like, what have you been up to? Like, what's, wh- what's God been doing in your life? Then we start praying. And sometimes like while you're praying, someone will say a phrase in a prayer and it'll be like, wow, like when you ask God for this, this really stuck with me. Let's maybe run this idea down. So sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it happens like, hey, I've got this list of like song starts or like a list of like just ideas. Do any of these catch you? And then you go from there. So it's, it kind of varies. I'm, I'm always, I like direction. I'm a person that likes having, I don't like having like the blank slate. I like to know like what, what I'm getting myself into, whether it's a theme or whether it's like I want to write a praise song as opposed to like a worship song. I want to, you know, or I want to write an exalting song instead of like a I need you song. You know, like there are all these different, maybe broader things that I might go through in my head. And then when I get in a room, it's like, okay, well, what do we want to do today? You know, so, yeah. So what is your testimony as far as being raised in church yeah. and being raised by pastors? At what point did your faith become your own? Yeah, so I always, uh, I don't know, I always get a little bit weird when people ask me about my testimony because I, if I'm being honest, I don't have this like turn the corner moment where I was going down this path and then God just showed up and like hit me in the face. It's It's been a, like a uh, like a mature, a maturity for me. And so my whole life, you know, I grew up, my dad's a pastor and I have great parents, a great family and grew up just kind of learning, you know, learning a lot about God and learning the Bible stories. And then at about high school, I started realizing like, man, I know all this stuff, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so I started like digging into just even having a relationship with Jesus, like what that looked like for me. You know, whether it was my prayer life or my devotion life or anything like that. And that's just kind of continued and matured as I've gotten older. And so that's a little bit of like my testimony, I think, is that, um, yeah, like God has just continued to kind of like reveal himself to me and, and show up to, in my life. And my relationship with him has just gotten deeper and deeper as the older I've gotten and uh, through ups and downs and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I'm married and I have two kids now, and so that has changed even the dynamic of, like, my relationship with God and, and, and what that's like. And um, so, yeah, it's a little bit like that. I actually think that's kind of super encouraging because I think, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like there's this pressure that you have to have this, like, mind-blowing, yeah. yeah. Like I would used to get so discouraged about yeah. that or even doubt my salvation because I didn't have that. I'd have so many seasons of, like, well, I never had that like tangible broken on my knees you know like I've had moments like that but not like the I once was in the dark and now I'm in the light like I I never experienced that it was just it was like a progressive seasonal thing you know so if you're that way don't be discouraged (laughs) it's like it's like the word steadfast God's so steadfast like he's steadfast so like you know you just continue to to He's steadfast in yeah. that drawing and wooing right. of you. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really 
Anybody else have a question? Really, guys? Yes. If, if, you, if you've asked before and no one else has raised it, you just jump right on <laughs> yeah, there. I'm telling you. Go, Richard. Hi. Um, so I guess I, in, in the season kind of I'm at with the worship ministry that I lead, I really feel like the Lord is leading me to give my leadership away in the sense of instead of just getting more people on the team, I have a big band, you know, I have plenty of people, but it's at the point where I feel like I've become the ceiling for our progress. And I'm just kind of trying to navigate how to do that successfully. Um, so what's your, yeah, that's that? huge. The fact that you even like realize that is a really big deal. The best thing that we can do as leaders, if you're a worship leader in here or a team leader in here, the word that always comes to mind is multiplication. And like, what makes you a good leader isn't necessarily like building a big team, but what makes you a good leader is how you can multiply your leadership and multiply your skill set. And so for me, you know, I've, I've built a ton of different like worship teams and, and seen them really big and I've seen them really small and all, and all sorts of stuff. But I always realized the moment that I stopped like duplicating myself is when we stopped growing or when I was like became like the bottleneck. And we couldn't go any further. And so, like, one example. This is, like, if you're, a, if you're on a worship team, you'll understand this. But, like, one example is clicks for the weekend. I used to always make the clicks for the weekend. And I thought I was the only one capable because no one was going to care about it as much as me. No one was going to be detail-oriented as much as me. And I, and I really believed that. And it wasn't until I realized my time, one my time didn't need, need to be taken up with making clicks every week. That's like one thing. So it's like freeze my bandwidth up. But two, there was somebody on our team who would find like joy and passion and their own leadership in building clicks every week. And so it goes through a season of training, goes through a season of like, hey, I want you to take ownership of this. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to help you along the way. I know you're going to make mistakes, and I'm not going to take it away from you when you make mistakes, but I'm going to help you learn and help you grow. And as soon as I did that, literally, like, as soon as I, like, gave that off to somebody, they took it to a whole new heights. They got new software. They got new systems in place. They built their own team to where other guys are making the sessions. They're not even doing it anymore. And so the moment that we can find, I'm always trying to find the things in my life that, like, that I'm best suited to do and to spend my time with, and then all the other stuff that I'm responsible for, finding other people that I can raise up. And, and that helps me as a leader to free up my bandwidth. But it also, like, usually, I mean, most of the time, I think you'll find in your team, when you expect more of people, and you give people more responsibility, they want that. They want to rise to the challenge. They want to know that somebody believes in them to do a great job, you know? And so it comes with a lot of patience. It comes with a lot of trial and error. But as much as you can multiply your skills to other people and not be afraid that they're going to be better at it than you are, then you're going to see, like, a flourishing, you know? So hope that helps. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, the balance 
of being at home and being on the road, being involved in local church, traveling, family, all of the above. Totally. Um, yeah, so I'm tra- I travel a lot now, but I know that even when I wasn't traveling and I was just like working at a local church, that schedule is really, really busy and it's really, really intense um, at all sorts of levels, you know, whether you're on staff or whether you're a volunteer, it's just a hard balance. So I was actually talking to Pastor Mike uh, earlier and telling him, like, I've gone through seasons of our my marriage with Meredith where, like, we went through, like, really tough seasons where I didn't manage my calendar well, I didn't manage my personal bandwidth well, um, and it became just easy to just kind of float through life and float through, like, responsibilities and things that you had to do. So I'll just give you, like, my, these are very tangible. These aren't going to be, like, hyper-spiritual, and the Bible says this. This is just what I do, and this has, like, been the best thing for, for our marriage is that for a season, I mean, we still do this, but, like, every single Sunday night we would sit down and we would look at the calendar, and I would say, I'm going to go hang with my friends on Tuesday night. On Thursday night, I can stay home with the kids. You can go see your friends. On Friday night, let's go out on a date, on whatever it might be. Or on Wednesday night, I have team night, so I'm not going to be home for that. Thursday night, I'll be home for bedtime. Then I'll get. But we would go through the calendar every single week and say, like, this is what I've got going on. This is what you've got going on. Where are we getting? How are we making sure like we have like our good quality time? And it doesn't have to be like a date. Maybe it's just like we just stay home, but I'm just home and we're together. Um, making sure I get good time with like my, my kids, and that kind of takes out the like spontaneity of life. It takes out a little bit of like the we just want to you know be open handed and do whatever. That just didn't work for me. Maybe that would work for some people, but for me, I realized I had to take control of my schedule. I had to take control of my time. Make sure that I, I was prioritizing my kids, my wife, and ever since we did that. I've become busier and busier, but we still have, like, quality time. And so even now, it might not be every week that we're meeting, but we'll meet, like, and go through, like, the next three months and be like, all right, I'm traveling here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. This is what you got going on. My wife works, too. So we're both navigating that. But when we lock in those family times or we lock in, like, a night with the kids or a memory maker for the kids or whatever it might be, that's just as important as whatever else I have on my schedule and my calendar. And so it's just really like prioritizing that. So, and I know, like, I know like church ministry, it's just stuff comes up and things get busy and things get crazy and there's always stuff. But I think just managing, managing your calendar, but also managing like the expectation with your spouse or your family and making sure y'all are constantly on the same page. It's just helpful, you know? So. Yeah. Er. Hello. Hey. Um, so uh, the question that I had was just about how um, you, have a, you have a pretty unique style, both like aesthetically, but also songwriting wise, and even in the way that you lead worship. Um, and I find myself in a pretty similar place. So how do you, how do you feel like that, um, that impacts and how you've navigated like both building trust with the congregation um, and just sort of balancing that with being, like, accessible and being open for everyone, but also kind of being yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. 
First thing is, is that uh, I think when you're on a church staff or church ministry or doing things for the church, one, like your personal preference doesn't play into that anymore. So like, and what I mean by that is like when I first came on staff at Elevation, the what was best for the church, what was best for the church congregation, for the worship experience, for my pastor, that was going to take precedence over do I like this song or not, or do I think this song is cool, or whatever. And there were a lot of times like God really broke me down because I would be like, kind of like, oh, I don't like this song, this is lame, this is stupid, in my heart, and I would still lead it, and God like really sh struck me down of like, don't, you're actually witnessing a song like minister to people and be a blessing to people, and you're kind of like slagging it off like in your head, and, and so really like helped break that kind of like, he humbled me a lot in that, and so that's like first, is like Figuring out how you, because we're servants, so we're here to serve other people. I, you know, tonight we're going to just serve the congregation and serve like what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It has nothing to do with, I think this song is dope and so I want to do it, you know. Um, so that's first. And then the, the second thing is, is that I've just never, um, I've never known how to be somebody that I wasn't, you know. And so I've just tried to walk in like who I am. And I know once it also clicked in my heart and in my head, like, that God has called me to the position and to the authority that he's given me, like, that's a calling. He, he called me to be a worship leader. He, he's anointed and gifted me to be a worship leader. That I'm, I can be an insecure person. I can be insecure about a lot of stuff. But what I'm not insecure about is, is that calling. And I'm not insecure about, about what he has spoken to me and what he has gifted me and given me like a, a stage or a platform or whatever you want to call it to, to lead his people. And so if anything in my life, I'm going to be confident in that. I'm going to walk in confidence and I'm going to walk in authority and, and trust that authority, you know? And so I think for any of you that are worship leaders, that's something I try to teach worship leaders all the time, like, is like, be confident. Be confident in what God has called you to do. Walk in that authority. Also know, like, your pastor has given you authority. Like, you're on that stage. You're leading because somebody said, I'm giving this. You need to be a good steward of this, but I'm giving it to your hands. So you got to hold this. I trust you. I'm trusting you to hold this. So you have to walk with a little bit of, not like a swagger, but just a little bit of just like confidence. And like, you know, I've, I've been given this job. I've been given this authority, and I'm going to, you know, walk in it with my, like, chest high and shoulders back, and we're going to do this, you know? So, hope that helps. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, over your time at Elevation, I was just curious, um, when you started, what was your job like, and then as you were kind of going to the end, yeah. How did that change? And I know because you did some producing of albums. And yeah. So like my that. job never really changed too much. Like my responsibilities changed because I would, like I said, like multiply yeah. and hand off a lot of stuff. But even from the get-go, I, I came on staff um, and I was always just a worship leader on the weekends. And I, and I helped build like the musicians and the teams. And I kind of oversaw almost like the musicians. I saw, oversaw all of our music directors and 
our musician teams for all the campuses, and then I produced, song wrote, and produced our albums. And I, I did that up, you know, for the all 10 years that I was there. Those are like my main jobs. And obviously it looked different and as the team grew and all that stuff, but even, you know, even when I was producing, as I was producing, I was bringing along other people beside me to like help produce and, and uh, give them more responsibility. And they produced the last record, you know, the record that I'm not a part of. Yeah. And so like even seeing that, it's like encouraging. So it, it's evolving, it always is, was evolving, but my roles kind of were always the, the same. You know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Right next to you have a question. Hi. Well, what would you tell yourself um, 10 years ago, knowing what you know now, your younger self? Yeah, I think it's a tricky thing. The thing that I come back to is, is the humility and the confidence, which does seem like they'd be like two uh, contradicting things. But I think like being humble and like, open-handed and flexible and just uh, not thinking like every idea that you have is the best idea. <laughs> uh, being like a normal musician. Um, <laughs> don't do that, but then also be confident in, in the other things, in, in the spiritual things or the things that God has called you to. Those are the two things that I keep always go back to. Yeah. So... Hey, so, um, so for, I, I know a lot of us have been in, you know, either on various teams and various states of teams, and so for the folks who are like either trying to build a team or rebuild a team or in a state where it's like, hey, we had, we have some talent and things like that, like, um, how do you go about bringing new people in and onboarding new musicians and, and really getting people to um, sort of catch the culture that you're trying, that, that yeah. is important, like you were talking about how, um, you know, humility and that stuff, like, that's, that's, a, that's a cultural thing that's got to be built into a team, and especially with musicians, music is very personal, so we all come with a sort of a, some musical baggage, so to speak, that we got to kind of get over in order to do the work that God's set before us. So kind of what, what's your approach to building think, and, and helping Yeah, people? I don't have a great system for, like, this is how you find musicians, and this is, you know, for me, when I was building the team at Elevation, it was all relational, and... I've just learned, and this is another thing that I teach, try to tell worship leaders all the time, is that every single person on your team, it is so easy, especially for worship leaders, to, to view everybody as like the role that they fill instead of the person that they are. Mm -hmm. And you just can't do that. You have, to, you have to love and pour into and build a relationship with John, not see him as guitar one, bass player, drummer, <laughs> whoever it might be. You have to really, like, do that. And that's, that's part of the work is just building those relationships. And I've always found uh, that the more I did that, the more that I just, like, tried to build a culture of, like, uh, you know, we throw this word around a lot, but, like, a family culture or, like, man, like, just I care about you. I care about what's going on in your life. I'm going to ask you about... You know, I'm not going to just see you on Sundays. I'm going to get involved in your life. I'm going to know what's going on. I'm going to know your kids' names. Like, all that stuff builds community. And then with community, it's something that's attractive to other people. And so in my experience, 
the moment that I would like really just like pour into people's lives that I was already involved with, like God would just kind of bring in other people that wanted to be involved with that. So they bring in other musicians and like, oh, John, the guitarist, has another guitar buddy of his that he's interested now, you know? And so it's just kind of was like a multiple multiplication in that sense. That makes a little bit of sense. Um, it's just so important, man. Like, and I know how hard it is to find musicians. And I know how hard it is to find like competent players that you that do a good job. That's so easy to get in the trap of like, I just need a drummer. I don't care who he is or what he does or anything like that. I just need somebody that can play. But man, like the trap in that is is that it just takes away from your community and it takes away from like the bigger picture. It's like solving like the small problem, but not looking at like the bigger picture. And so I always challenge people with, to do that. Uh, I guess for me, I've just never, you know, I've never seen it as like, and this could be to my detriment too, like, this is just my, my system. <laughs> I've never seen it as like, all right, I have this form that I need you to fill out and I need you to go through, like, what do you really believe? I've just never done it like that. I've always just done it like, hey, do you want to grab coffee and like, let me get to know you better, you know, and like, find out a little bit about you. And then I kind of trust my discernment and my instinct and say like oh yeah this guy would not be a good fit or like yeah he seems like a cool dude like let's bring him you know and then there also comes like audition process or like bringing him in and seeing if he's good and, and seeing if like there's a good fit but I've always um whether it started with like an audition like hey we think this guy would be a good drummer for the band let's hear him and then after that before he gets on the team I'm like getting to know him a little bit so it's just, I don't know, it's just like getting involved, like, and it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to, like, go out to coffee every day with a different musician or anything like that. Like, you can be texting people or calling people. But I, I would say that the guys that I've, like, made music with, even the guys that I don't spend, like, a ton of time with, they know that I care about them. And I make sure, like, that I'm checking in on them and that I'm, you know, doing whatever I can do to, like, make sure they know that I love them and... And sometimes, sometimes it's like a lot of time equity, and sometimes it's just like, you know, shooting out texts or shooting out, you know, whatever. But being present and being involved, I think it's so important. Intentionality. Yeah. Uh, you were mentioning earlier the word multiplication, which I love that word. Um, and uh, one thing I thought, and I guess it's probably because I'm a mom, but how are you... In, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Um, but how are you um, involving uh, your kids, as, as, like in any of your processing, or or just just seeing like you as your your dad to them, but like what you do and how you're leading them um, different, like from when you said it, it's translated from like when you were a kid and how you see yourself as a father. So how, are they involved in even any of your songwriting, like stuff like that? No, you know? my kids they don't care <laughs> yeah. anything about what no. I do. <laughs> Uh, no, the the best thing, you know, my daughter's three and a half, um, so she's kind of in her own little world. And my son's seven, and he's kind of entered the phase now of, like, understanding what I do and understanding, like, when I have to leave to go, you know, to go somewhere and really have brought him along to where he knows, like, 
that I'm going so that we can like teach people about Jesus and that we can just worship Jesus and he thinks that's awesome and and so I've I've had to learn to bring yeah to kind of connect those dots to where like dad leaving home isn't like a bad thing it's like because I'm on a mission to do something special um and then I try to like just tangibly bring them along if I can or if I can bring them on a trip and or something and so yeah I try to do all that and my wife helps me a lot too like she helps a lot of like my admin stuff so even that like we feel very much like we're like in a like a family ministry (laughs) even though it's me you know like we're hyper involved like the whole family yeah I'm sure it's great for them to begin to understand and see it because then they're like they're supporting daddy in the same way and stuff that's so cool the other thing is I know you were involved in a lot of bands and stuff and and then what what all of a sudden clicked or changed for you to be like you know what worship yeah I didn't want to be a worship leader for a long time I thought it was lame uh (laughs) and and I just love you know it was so weird, not even so weird, it was just by grace of God, like, um, that he knew, like, his plan for me, even even when I was, like, being stubborn or stupid, and it was just, you know, I, there are a lot of times, a lot of years that I led worship as, uh, this is kind of, I'm good at singing these songs, so, like, I'm a worship leader, you know, but my heart it's not like my heart wasn't in it. My heart was just like indifferent almost, you know, like it wasn't important to me. And God like really just like chipped away at that. And he really broke me of a lot of that. I think a lot of it was like maybe arrogance or pride or whatever, but like he broke me of a lot of that and chipped that away. And now it's like, I love being in the studio. I love songwriting, but I am so passionate about just like leading worship. And so for my story, you know, God will give you the desires of your heart, but I think he'll also change the desires of your heart to match his will. And so that's like very much my story. Yeah. So I have a a two-part question, um, and it's on building your team. So as you're raising up, um, you know, the younger generation to kind of take the lead, um, how do you teach them to gain respect from the rest of the team who might be older? Um, and also, um, how do you deal with the rest of the team not feeling slighted? You know, the, the mentality that, you know, well, I want to lead too. Yeah. That's, you know, that is difficult um, when somebody might be passionate about something, but it's not aligned maybe with their skill set. Uh, and I think the best thing you can do is just be honest. And you can, what I always found is like, I I can't skirt around, like, the feelings or, like, maybe the disappointment or whatever. I just have to be honest. Like, this is where I feel like you're at. I don't think it's quite there yet, you know, or whatever. I do try to, if I'm having to, like, deliver, like, that kind of information, I do try to find, like, ways to say, like, here's what you can work on. Like, maybe, I don't want to say, like, you're just a lost cause, but, like, here are things that might help you work on this stuff and come back and let's talk about it or let's figure out how to get you get you raised up. Now going back to like the authority question and like you have another leader. I think one thing um well I have two things to say about that. One, I think it's just acknowledging that like the worship leader, like the person that's singing the song, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're carrying this like 
authority over the drummer or authority over the whatever it might be. Now, if you're putting them into a leadership position where they are going to be like the leader, the music director that's going to like run, then yeah, you got to set them up for that. But I think you also have to just like encourage the team. One of the things I always tell my team is like, it's not just me that's leading. Like we're all in this together. You know, I know what my place is and I know what my authority is, but like I'm relying on the drummer just as much as I'm relying on the guitarist and as I'm relying on my own skill. And so I think like one, making sure that everybody feels the weight of leadership and feels the weight of worship leadership. And then the other thing is, is just really having a lot of conversations to set. If you're trying to raise up like this is a new leader that's going to be like leading the team and leading whatever, really uh, have a lot of conversations acknowledging that. I think you can do it publicly and privately. Like tell every band member like, hey, so-and-so, she's like, I'm raising her up to be the leader, so I need all of y'all to have that mentality that I'm giving her that authority. Then speak it publicly at a team meeting, you know, or, or kind of like just constantly be giving kind of that authority like to them in front of everybody and letting everybody know like this is my person, I'm raising them up, you know. And so because the worst thing you could do is to say you have authority now and not tell anybody. And then they're, they're feeling like no one respects them or no one's like giving them, you know, whatever. So you always have to like make it public, I guess. So you're saying when someone wants to be on, they're maybe not up to power, like a kinder Simon Cowell or something. Like <laughs> I just know like, yeah, we all have skills. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some people don't have <laughs> the skills that they want to have. You're going to make the real. Yeah, you're right. going to make yeah. <laughs> the replay real. Uh, does anybody else have any questions? I think we have time for one or two more. Yeah. Hi. First, thank you for putting out such an incredible album. Um, it's amazing. It's really helped me in a lot of ways. Moving beyond that, though, what advice would you give to a new worship leader? Yeah. Um, two things that I always try to tell new worship leaders is, one, read your Bible a lot. Uh, and dig in and and have a good relationship with God and like yeah let that relationship trump everything else and let it just be a constant communion with God. That's where you're going to be the most full and the and the most able to like pour out and and to do something special. Um, and then uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, and then the the other thing is is to do it as often as you can. Find ways to serve. Find team nights to lead at or like a house Bible study to, to worship and lead at and just find ways to serve and to do it because that's the one thing, you know, it is a calling and it is like a, uh, like a gifting and an, an anointing, but it's also like a skill that you got to get better at and you're going to get better by just stage time and just being doing it, you know? And so I just try to encourage people to do that. Yeah, find ways to serve. I know where um, tonight's night is kind of, uh, not kind of, we're just really wanting a heart of unity to be imparted. And, and one thing, when we were chatting a little earlier, as I said, you know, it must be neat for you to go around and, and get to travel a lot and see 
all these different, you know, churches and different places and stuff like that and maybe get takeaways and sense what's different in each part of the country. And um, so I just kind of wanted to ask you too, I mean, thinking of unity and there's so many different churches in here and so many different people and people leading different congregations and stuff like that. I know you've traveled like most recently with like Mosaic and, and Cody Carnes and stuff like that. Um, can you just speak to just really being able to be those that are unified and like supporting and running, just pursuing Jesus, and and even though you you do you may lead differently than the other or whatever and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think I mean one of the things I love about what I get to do is I get to see all these different expressions of worship and different culture, not so much cultures, but just different atmospheres and different vibes. You know that um, that different people have. You know. And, and I love it. I love that. I love the way that like I lead worship Mm -hmm. and I love the way that like mosaic leads and how, you know, the authority that they carry, Mm -hmm. um, and the atmosphere that they bring. And so I think, I don't know, there's, there seems to be just this like, uh, over the last several years, just like, uh, an embrace of like what can happen during worship. And what, like, kind of breakthroughs can happen. And like you say, praying for a spirit of unity, like, going into a worship experience with an expectation. And, like, like I'm expecting God to do this. And usually, like, when we just worship him and we speak out loud, like, his name and his glory. And, like, we'll see things happen in our lives. And we'll see, like, chains break in our spirit. Or we'll see, like, uh, a release from something. And so... But there just seems to be like this expectation more and more that I'm seeing in a lot of places that I go to worship where people are like ready for that. And so that's just, I don't know. I think that that's like one of the unifying factors that I see most places I go. That's awesome. Yeah. Does anybody have one last question? Coming from a, a place where you were ministering kind of in your local church and, and ministering to teams um, and kind of ministering maybe more on like a one-to-one type level, um, now in your role where you're kind of ministering more to a broader kind of body of Christ and going to different churches and going, how do you feel that God has like changed that role of leadership in your life? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I definitely, you know, I miss that like... Y- team thing that like I was like a part of like a team uh that's like something you know it's it's kind of interesting because I have like a group of guys and a group of people like community at my in Charlotte still that I'm make music with and do stuff with that I do feel like very much a part of that team but it's honestly been really really cool because like I like getting to do even stuff like this to where you know my traveling it's like a mixture of like sometimes it's touring where I've got like a band and we go to places and we lead a night and then we're in a different city the next night, a different city the next night. But a lot of it, like the other half of my touring or, or traveling is like doing stuff like this where I get to spend time with like a lot of worship leaders, a lot of worship teams, get to spend time with like the team here at City Church and, and kind of deposit even like a little bit more than I could if I was just like leading in and out, you know? And so I've really seen it as like a blessing for me um, that God has allowed allowed me to like, I don't know, just like pour into teams and pour into musicians 
that maybe I won't ever play with again, but I feel like I can pour into something that'll last longer than just me leading a worship song, you know? So I've kind of seen that a little bit take fruition. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mac, I was just wondering if um, that we, we've just got a couple more minutes. I was wondering if you would actually just pray over all of us. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind doing that, that we would just... Uh, just receive whatever you feel like the Lord, you want to pray over yeah, us. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be great. I love that. Father God, we just welcome you here, Lord. We just acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge that you're here right now. and We acknowledge that you're going to be here as we worship you tonight, Lord. I just pray for all the leaders in this room, Lord, that, that we would go in tonight with an open heart, with an expectation that you're going to show up, that you're going to move, Lord. We're, we're going in tonight with certain bags that we're carrying on our back. We're going in with certain weights that we feel like are getting heavy. And so I just pray for like a, just that burden to be lifted off of the shoulders, that 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 tension and that stress that we feel like when we're carrying something heavy, Lord, would just like release. And there would just be a sense of like sighing, release out, Lord, your praise and your glory, God. We just want to hand all that over to you. All the things that come along with leading a worship team, that come with being on church staff or come with being in ministry in general, Lord, there's so many things that just kind of can distract us and can weigh us down. And I just pray for a breakthrough of all that, Lord, for whatever someone's carrying tonight, for whatever awkward conversation that they have to have or awkward relationship that they have or tense relationship, whatever it might be, Lord, I just pray a release. I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment. I pray for just uh, a unified spirit on every team tonight. For the city of Albany, Lord, a unified spirit over all the churches, Lord, that they would feel like they're all on the same team, not competing, not anything like that, Lord, and that you would just continue just to move and break through in this city, God. The city needs you. The city's desperate for you, and we're just, we hand it off to you. We're believing that tonight might be a catalyst for you to move and a catalyst for you to do something special. And so tonight, we're going to go into tonight and bring our best. We're going to give you an offering, Lord, an offering of our spirit and an offering of our praise, Lord. And we're going to just expect just you to take it and to multiply a blessing over the city and over these ministries, Lord. And your favor would just kind of rest over here, rest in this city, God. We're ready to see it happen. We're ready to receive it. So let us just have open hands and just be ready. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks so much, guys. This has been awesome. Yeah, I love it.